Welcome to a podcast. In a podcast universe, not so far away. That's why we don't try doing that. I love my new microphone. It's great. I was just, oh, well, I should introduce myself. I'm A-Card, if you didn't notice down below. And this is the Arguably Awesome Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about controversial movie topics. Actually, it is a bit controversial because um, the fans have been divided ever since, I would say, The Last Jedi. But you could arguably, did you get it? Arguably awesome. You could arguably say that it started with The Force Awakens in 2015. First of all, I'm in Solo's uh, in his lounge area in the Falcon, just watching it for him while it's in cruise control, just taking it out for a little spin because I just fixed it up, you know, giving a little uh, shine and spit right there. Um, sounds like something that goes on in the bedroom. Anyway, got to keep it clean, I guess. Ah, fuck it. I love the background. I, w I was torn between using a best pin background for Cloud City where Leia's waiting when she's all dressed up and nice and fancy uh, till Orlando comes to collect her. Uh, but the lighting, it just didn't seem... It was an old photo from that set, but uh, it looked great. But I this one, I think, fits perfectly for what we're going to be talking about. That is the novels of Star Wars. There were novels written after the first or second movie came out uh, that tied into the movie or that were stories extended on the films after Return of the Jedi. Uh, there was one... I have a lot of the PDFs uh, I've gotten through other means, but uh, I do have a lot of the novelizations that were from the 90s. Like, a lot. Uh, that being, we have... Uh, what was that? You'll see it later. That being, the Thrawn trilogy. We've got... Heir to the Empire, uh, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. But that's fine. So, uh, number one best-selling saga continues by Timothy Zahn. He is a Hugo Award-winning author. Now, anybody who's a big fan of Star Wars should know Timothy Zahn. He is the predecessor to continue the trilogy or I should say the saga, with its own sequel trilogy, that was for a long time, even after the uh, the prequels came out, to be considered the OG true canon. Well, nothing was considered canon until people started using that term after the, the sequel trilogy came out, you know. After Disney bought the rights, they totally changed the whole game of what is canon and legends. They see, they called it a uh, expanded universe originally for when stories came out after the sequels and 
the original trilogy. And then when Disney bought the rights 10 years ago, RIP to George Lucas selling that, which I'm sure he shit his pants after he saw what was going on, even though they say he had his hand in some of the sequel trilogy story work. You look back at the prequels, you you're like, oh, the CGI everywhere. No, if you watch the behind the scenes, which I'm huge on watching behind the scenes footage, which you don't get a lot now unless you watch Blu-ray, and they only give you like 20 minutes of behind the scenes. I got hours of behind the scenes footage on multiple DVDs outside of the Star Wars universe. But he used practical effects, miniatures with CGI, where he wouldn't be able to do that. Because back then in 99, you know, you only had so much work you could do, and he was using the most advanced stuff at ILM. Uh, come on. Can I cut him a break? Do your research and watch behind-the-scenes footage. It's that easy. And you know, Giving him crap about the story. Jar Jar Binks, who cares? Not, I'm not a fan of Jar Jar Binks. For some reason, because when Episode 1 came out, we're going to dish a little bit about Star Wars before we actually get to this Timothy Zahn novelization trilogy. So I bought a Jar Jar Binks poster. If anybody who's anybody grew up in the 90s, you remember promotional shit was Everywhere when Phantom Menace came out, you buy bottle tops from Taco Bell, the cups with the Watto and Darth Maul on it. And I still have a lot of this stuff. I got a TV guide. You had the Boss Nass, Jar Jar, and Jabba the Hutt. I think there were three, three covers for TV guide back then, like little minis. I had Jabba. I don't know where it went. I think I got destroyed or thrown away. But I still have the uh, Boss Nass one. Like, I was never a Boss Nass fan. But the actor who played the voice, legendary. You see that that '70s show, Friends. They were all doing their own little Star Wars episodes where um, Jennifer Aniston dressed up in the Slave Leia a costume. That was in '99. That that was in the TV guide. I'll have to share that TV guide at some point during this podcast. Uh, so if you're if you're listening, tune in on the YouTube channel if you want to watch this too, because there's some little uh, trinkets you can see and uh, witness. So yeah, I had a Jar Jar Binks poster. We're finally getting back to that. It was a green-ish background with just his face in the middle and says Jar Jar Binks. Or it said Jar Jar or something. You, if anybody remembers that, comment below if you're on YouTube. Uh, share that you had that poster. I had a Darth Maul one. Uh, it just said Maul on it. I even have the original first Star Wars Celebration promotional poster where it has Darth Maul in the background, twin sons, Tatooine sand, and little Anakin's just looking off into the distance at you. Um, I got that from... I was in the Star Wars fan club for kids, and I was also a part of the Star Wars Insider. Thanks, Mom, for uh, paying for that. For three years? I love Star Wars Insider. I have a lot of the magazines still. I have the 30th anniversary. No, I have the 20th anniversary Return of the Jedi Star Wars Insider Mint Condition magazine. And I have the Clone Wars, and I have the Jay and Silent Bob special. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, called Classic. I didn't know much about them back then, but eventually I saw that movie not long after. So I didn't know who the hell they were, J-Muse and uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith has done, you know, some, like, questionable things, but he's a great Star Wars uh, enthusiast. Anybody remember Taco Bell when they were selling, when the Star Wars uh, Special Edition came back out in 97? Like, each month they would release the next um, film in the trilogy. Uh, never saw those in theaters. I regret not seeing it, but I eventually bought the the silver edition VHS collection, uh, special edition. There was a gold one that came out, I believe, the same year, and then the silver. I had the silver one. 
the gold one was despecialized to a point, you know. Uh, it didn't show the original, what what we call now a New Hope 1977 footage, you know, Tatooine, where it was like, really, what the hell are we watching? <laughs> to where they kind of upgraded it. But we had the original Max Rebo van, that's what I'm trying to say, and so on for the other movies. And then I had the silver one had the special edition CGI updated 97 effects. And a little fun fact, the woman, the actress who plays Ula, I forgot her name, she repraised that role to do just tiny few extra scenes as the slave dancer for Jabba in the 97 remake. Oh, not remake. What am I saying? Uh, special edition. I couldn't believe that. I was like, really? That's interesting. She looked the same and she still looks the same. Babe, come on now. Dance for me, time to dance. <laughs> um, anybody remember the nip slip in that? Where she's yanking on the chain trying to say, Jabba, stop. No. I always remember that. I was like, oh, I gotta pause it. You know, VHS, you can't see it. No, digital, maybe I should try. So we, going to now, we have what is now, in history, the sequel trilogy from 2015 to 2019. Within a four-year radius, they busted out these movies every other year. Good, bad. Oh, when I first saw The Force Awakens, I was like, oh, okay, I, I just want to see Solo and Luke and Leia reunite. Lando at some point, he eventually came. We all knew that was going to happen. Kathleen Kennedy just, she worked on the original trilogy back in the 70s and 80s. You just look at the credits, you saw, I was like, whoa, shit, she was, she was back there. I just randomly saw that one day by watching the credits. And um, Zoom to now, she's had a lot of control. Lucas submitted a script. They rejected it. I remember I saw some leaked, you know, they call it leaked. Who knows? You know, when studios say leaked or somebody posts leaked, it's somebody from the studio leaking it on purpose to get hype about the movie. So a lot more people see it and they get a lot more money. Think about it, people. It's not a leak really anymore. Use your brain this thing um it's all connected nothing's a secret anymore nothing's leaked or the mob would take you out if it was so when i was done watching the force awakens when i was watching i was like it, it star wars it it feels like star wars 50% and the other 50% feels like it's forcing itself to be star wars you had a director write and direct two of the films and some oddball guy who did great work on knives out by the way ryan johnson that's my favorite film is his and i think the only favorite film of his because i don't know anything else he's done besides last jedi and that cinematically last jedi great great atmosphere great concept art background everything storyline I knew Luke was going to die. I just had a feeling when I saw The Force Awakens, I'm like, Luke's going to die. And I thought it would be the last film. But nope, they uh, offed him off halfway, a little over halfway, Last Jedi. You know, you're like, shit, come on. I wanted to see him. He is owed a battle. We want to see Luke in action. And eventually we got that, I mean, a little scene where he's training Leia. I mean, that was kind of cool seeing that on Endor. But... 
I think that was supposed to be during Return of the Jedi. Like he was training her just a little bit before the final battle took place in Return of the Jedi. That's what I thought, because why else would they be on Endor again? I don't know. But Mandalorian comes out. I'm pleased with the Mandalorian. Out of all the Star Wars TV series Disney Plus is doing, Mandalorian's my favorite. Uh, Boba Fett, the Fett one, Book of Fett. I love Boba Fett. I, I like a little chubby Boba Fett. It was great to see him climb out of the Sarlacc. If anybody has seen fan films, I've seen a lot of them on YouTube through the years, within the last 10 years. And there was that one where a fan film, Boba Fett, where they show him crawling out of the Sarlacc's pit. But it was great to see the version that the Book of Fett did, where he's like tearing it up, flaming flames. I was like, oh, wow, this is cool, climbing out of that Sarlacc. That was great. We all wanted to see him climb out of that Sarlacc, so we knew he got out, but we needed to find out how. We all in the back room, man. And if you played on the playground at recess back in the 90s, which I did, or in the 80s or 70s, depending on who you are, we would always play Star Wars. We'd have a Luke, a Leia, a Han, a Chewie, C-3PO, and a Boba Fett and a Darth Vader. And we'd always say, hey, this is going to be Boba Fett climbing out. Back in the 90s, early 2000s, this is what we were doing. Um, I was the director of the play, of the, of the playtime. <laughs> Anybody can tell you that. I was a little director. Uh, but yeah, then the Mandalorian comes in there, and I'm like, and I totally forgot it was even a Fett series. It's still a good storyline. Some of it dragged on, but eventually Mando came back, which is kind of random because then you think you're watching Mandalorian again. But I'm looking forward to season three. So, if you remember in season two, we saw Luke. He was doing a little fighting against the uh, Dark Troopers or something like that. Shit, I forgot. Um, but it was great to see those. A little bit a different take on those. Not as bulky, but built um seen him fight there and whatnot I, i'm hoping that we see luke again because i would like to see luke fight we, we we've read all these novels which we're going to get to now about luke skywalker taking on these battles these new enemies and whatnot and and in this thrawn trilogy obviously the word thrawn you're like oh thrawn, grad admiral thrawn he was in the clone wars and rebels i never watched those you can bash me all you want I don't know. I just never interests me, but um, I'm glad that Thrawn's in there, and we're gonna have a live action Thrawn finally in the Ahsoka series because we he had his name mentioned at the end of season two of Mandalorian, right? It was I forgot how many seasons there were now. Shit, so many things going on. Andor wasn't bad. I'm into the old Republic, you know the oh, the Galactic Empire. Sorry, not the old Republic, the Galactic Empire era, because that one just we grew up watching that. Come on. It's it's awesome. Um, I'm indifferent on the sequel trilogy. I mean, who who didn't know that Palpatine was behind the whole thing? They kind of came up with that after I think episode uh, The Force Awakens. I kind of knew it. He's always looked different in all the movies. He looked bulky and lumpy in the sequel uh, the prequel. Uh, yeah, the prequels. He looked awesome and perfect in the original trilogy. In the new one, he looked dead and different the same actor but you know what i still appreciate it oh eric's uh texting me airflow uh i needed an overlay around the square of this video that said arguably awesome you know that's okay um yeah things were mentioned in the film that kind of nah they don't relate to any of the the novels i mean if you read the novels thrawn's mentioned that was our introduction to Thrawn, the next big bad after Darth Vader. Um, he wears this type of uh, animal around his neck that protects him in a way. It's like a shield. 
we're going to get to that later. Uh, I forgot some of these names. I haven't read the books in almost two years. Great read, though. I'm going to read a little bit of the intro to the first one. It, it's great. Cinematically, you get this great visual in your head when you're reading that first uh, piece to Heir to the Empire. It's great. But yeah, we're introduced to Th Grand Admiral Thrawn, Mara Jad. Mara Jade. Mara Jade. I, I used to say Mara Jad and Prince Sizor. Shizor, or something like that. He's a great villain, too. A gangster, drug, criminal, overlord, whatever you want to call him. Um, Kind of like what Darth Maul is trying to do for that syndicate. Dark Sun syndicate or something in Solo. It's supposed to be Prince Caesar. If I'm saying the name wrong, please correct me. <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars fan, too. It's just some of the names I never bothered looking up to pronounce. And his name's pronounced like if you're saying X in... Uh, Chinese uh, spelling. First book. Thumbnail. Heir to the Empire. What year did it come out? Oh my god. I have a, uh, an original 1999 Star Wars Darth Maul bookmark. Eh. I apparently got as far as chapter 2. Uh, apparently I was reading this. Uh, let me see. This actually, I think it came out in 91 or 90. Uh, 1991. So, 31 years ago. Wow. Doesn't seem that long. So let's read the, so let's read the back. So, now for the first time, the authorization continues of the legendary Star Wars saga, the most popular series in motion picture history, masterfully told by Hugo Award winning author Timothy Zahn praise you and your work that you're continuing to do. He just uh, released within the last seven years, I think, maybe a little bit more, a, a new Thrawn trilogy. Um, Hand of Thrawn? No, that's the sequel trilogy that comes after uh, the Thrawn trilogy. Hand of Thrawn. What took place after he died and what was continuing to do. There's also a comic called The, the Hand of Vader. It was weird. He got cut off. Anyway, beware the dark side. I have to read it like this. It's five years after Return of the Jedi. The Rebel Alliance has destroyed the Death Star, defeating Darth Vader. <sighs> you like that? And the Emperor. And driven the remnants, the old Imperial Starfleet, to a distant corner of the galaxy. Princess Leia, Solo are married and expecting Jedi twins. <gasps> Jonna and... Shit, I forgot the other kid's name. <sighs> I'm going blank right now. And Luke Skywalker has become the first in a long-awaited line of Jedi Knights. Yay, Master Luke! But thousands of light years away, the last of the Emperor's warlords has taken command of the shattered Imperial fleet, readied it for war, and pointed it at the fragile hearts of the new republic for this dark warrior has made two vital discoveries that could destroy everything the courageous men and women of the rebel alliance fought so hard to build the explosive confrontation that results in a towering epic of action invention mystery and spectacle on a galactic scale in short a star wars story worthy of the name Wait, so this was written in 91, but it was published in 92. So this is 30 years old now. Wow. 
So, uh, I'm trying to find the uh, intro. It, it just has Luke looking over the balcony. Uh, let me see. Kevin, tell me the voice repeated. Chapter 2. Luke. The voice came softly, but insistently, pausing amid the familiar landscape of Tatooine. Familiar, yet oddly distorted. Luke Skywalker turned to look. An equally familiar figure stood there, watching him. Hello, Ben, Luke said, his voice sounding sluggish. In his ears. Been a long time. It has indeed, Obi-Wan Kenobi said gravely. And I'm afraid that it will be longer. Still, until the next time. I've come to say goodbye, Luke. Ooh, sad. The landscape seemed to tremble, and abruptly, a small part of Luke's mind remembered that he was asleep, asleep in his suite in the Imperial Palace, and dreaming of Ben Kenobi. No, I'm not a dream, Ben assured him, answering Luke's unspoken thought. But the distance separating us had become too great for me to appear to you in another way. Now, even this last path is being closed to me. No! Luke heard himself say. You can't leave us, Ben. We need you. Ben's eyebrows lifted slightly. And a hint of his old smile. His lips. You don't need me, Luke. You are a Jedi, strong in the Force. The smile faded. For a moment, his eyes seemed to focus on something Luke couldn't see. At any rate, he added quietly, The decision is not mine to make. I've lingered too long already, and you can no longer postpone my journey from this life to what lies beyond. A memory stirred, Yoda on his deathbed, and Luke pleading with him not to die. Strong I am. In the farce, the Jedi Master had told him softly, but not that strong. It is the pattern of life to move on, Ben reminded him. You too will face the same journey one day. Again his attention drift away, then returned. You are strong in the Force, Luke, and with perseverance and discipline, you will grow stronger still. His gaze hardened. But you must relax your guard. The Emperor is gone. But the dark side is still powerful. Never forget that. I won't, Luke promised. Ben's face softened, and again he smiled. You will yet face great dangers, Luke, he said. But you will also face and find new allies at times and places where you expect them least. New allies? Luke echoed. Who are they? The vision seemed to waver and become fainter. And now farewell, Ben said, as if he hadn't heard the question. I love you as a son and as a student and as a friend. Until we meet again, may the force be with you. Ben! I am the last of the Jedi. Ooh, The Last Jedi. Um, I wonder if they ever read these books. Probably not. They want to make something from scratch. Assholes. He had argued strongly against moving to the center of the New Republic here to Coruscant. Had argued even more strongly against setting up their fledging government in the old Imperial Palace. The symbolism was all wrong. For one thing, particularly for a group which in his opinion, already had a tendency to pay too much attention to symbols. But despite all his drawbacks, he had to admit that the view from the top of the palace was spectacular. Imagine just a night scene with the stars, Coruscant. You know Coruscant at night. It looks pretty. And he's just out there on the balcony with that white see-through curtain just blowing in the, 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 
the light wind? For a few minutes, he stood at the roof's edge, leaning against the chest-high wrought stone railing and letting the cool night breeze ruffle his hair. Even in the middle of the night, the Imperial City was a bustle of activity, with the lights and vehicles and streets intertwining to form a sort of flowing work of art. Overhead, lit by both the city lights and those of occasional airspeeders fitting through them, the low-lying clouds were a dim sculpture ceiling stretching all in directions. With the same apparent endlessness as the city itself, far to the south he could just make out the Manare, the Manarai Mountains, their snow-covered peaks illuminated like the clouds largely by reflected lights from the city. Now it also talks about him drinking something, and then C-3PO comes in and asks him if he's all right. Leia comes in saying she feels a disturbance while pregnant, and she's holding her belly because she's expecting twins soon. But Luke was also... The description of what Luke is drinking, it's like a chocolate, a hot chocolate of some sort in this silver chalice. And it's just like, oh, this is... Timothy, you're just great at wording things. So eventually, they meet Thrawn. Thrawn wants to take control of the galaxy. He has this... Uh, you know what? Let me look it up. There's two different types of animal he uses for attack that wreak ravage in the city. And he uses this species. So the Salamari were four-eyed lizards, like creatures. During the reign of the Galactic Empire, Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn had two sculptures of Salamari made out of green, brown, and yellow, and material in his office aboard the Chimera. I think it's the Chimera? That's how you pronounce it. That's the ship placed behind his desk. So he wore a yellow one around his neck and it protected him from any attacks. It, it gave him like a seal of protection, pretty much like a shield anywhere he went. So if anybody tried anything, ain't nobody going to fuck with him. Um, yeah. And he would use these. Uh, also, he would use these uh, animals to go in and destroy villages, towns, and whatnot. Um, it, it, was, it was something ugly. By the way, in Rogue One, they never mention the um, both in Spies, which many had risked their lives to get that information at the end of Rogue One. We never see them or hear mention of them. But if you've ever played Star Wars Battlefront, I think it's Battlefront 1 or 2, you can play as both in Spies on the PlayStation 2 Battlefront, not PS4. Um, and they look like kangaroo camel-faced people, but they have these weapons that can eradicate you, turn you into vapor, and you're gone. It was awesome. So if we ever get to see these Bothans in the show, and if you've seen Bothans in the animated series, let me know, because I think they're in there. I don't know. Look them up. They're interesting. Uh, so hopefully we get to see about uh, that eventually. So we Salamari. He wears that around his neck. Little creature. We're going to be seeing that, I'm sure, in Ahsoka. Because um, it was in the animated series, right? Um, yeah. So eventually the war gets bad. Boom. Then we go to... I think these books came out a year after each other. So yeah, 93. 
So, the authorized continuation of the legendary Star Wars saga and sequel to the number one New York Times bestselling Heir to the Empire continues in a novel of intriguing warfare and shattering evil as Luke Skywalker fronts the very face of the dark side. So yeah, finally, Thrawn uh, is confronted by Luke in some form. Now, I think this was also the one where Luke goes to that city... I didn't update myself on the names of these places, by the way. I'm just, trust me, these are good reads. Great. Um, and he's doing this battle against the villagers that are, uh, no, no. He's helping these villagers, but there's also these people that were, I don't want to say um, colonized by the Empire, but they devoted their life to Vader and doing work for him on their planet. And if ever they needed him. Even after his death, he's like, we're son of Vader. We are owed to you. And like, I don't want to be connected to Vader in a negative way. Vader was my father, but I don't want you to do evil by him s s telling me you owe me something. Daughter of Vader, son of Vader. They, they, they say it like that. They don't say Luke or Leia. They say son or father of Vader. But eventually, they're freed of that that debt that was never needed. And they're able to fight these other creatures that are sent out by Thrawn. And there's this big battle. Luke jumping off the thing. Turns on his lightsaber, Slashes the arm off. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Why don't they put this in the movies? I mean, to see, in your imagination, you could just imagine. That's the great thing about reading and having imagination. You could just think about this stuff. So in Dark Force Rising, the Dying Empire's most cunning and ruthless warlord, Grand Admiral Thrawn has taken command of the remnants of the Imperial fleet and launched a massive campaign aimed at the New Republic's destruction. Meanwhile, Han, Lando, and the others race against time to find proof of treason inside the highest Republican council. Yes, there's a rat, there's a mole or somebody, like a traitor. Only to discover, instead of a ghostly fleet of warships that could bring doom to their friends and victory to their enemies, yet... Most dangerous of all is a new dark Jedi, risen from the ashes of a shrouded past, consumed by bitterness and scheming to corrupt Luke Skywalker to the dark side. Now, could anybody really scheme him to the dark side? I want to say he was almost, because Luke was never perfect. He battled with, I would say he would never go to the dark side, but he was battling being angry in the original trilogy. He, he was young and naive in the first one. Becoming more mature in the second one, battling with what he wanted to do. And then in the third one, he became a master. And he and at the end, he was battling his father. He just wanted to be angry. He just wants his father to love him. I'm going to tear up because that part's in the end. When you, when you get older, you realize relationships between families, everything. And Luke's wife, uh, Luke's wife, George's wife ho helped him write those originals. Really do why it stands out from all the other Star Wars movies, storyline and emotion-wise. So now that dark lord, or that dark uh, figure from... The Ashes is Mara Jade, who Luke gets close with in these in the second and third book, but he doesn't marry. I think they get married outside in the comics or some other novelization. I think it's Hand of Thrawn. They start uh, developing a marriage and whatnot. And they have kids and whatnot. Don't mention that to George. They Mara Jade. Luke's not married to her. <laughs> you ever seen that video of uh, Seth Green? I think it's just a prank video, though, where the guy's like, oh, Mary Jed, what about Mary Jed? And then George's like, out, out. It's hilarious. But we also have this old guy 
um oh it was uh ah, what's his name this guy right here this guy we we seen him on the front of the first one i forgot to talk about that that old guy i'm like I saw these books actually in elementary school in my library back in the 90s. I'm like, what is this? What was really cool was the CC3PO and R2-D2 on the spine. And I was like, oh, Star Wars. I think I checked out one of these books and I just look at the cover for a whole week and I would never read it. Okay, we got Grand Admiral Thrawn, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Lando, Luke, C-3PO, R2-D2, Mara Jade, um, Borsk Phyla, which is, uh, I think he is a Bothan. Ah, Jorus Sabauth. Jerusalem, he is the old guy on the cover. So he's an old guy that has these this force powers, but eventually he turns evil. He gets sucked into like some cult, uh, altruist. I don't even know how to describe it, but he he ends up turning into an asshole trying to get Luke to go to the dark side. I think it almost works. So in the third and final one, the last command, Luke's battling Mara. Um, in the conclusion, the embattled. Republic reels from the attacks of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who has marshaled the remnants of the Imperial forces and driven the rebels back with an abominable technology recovered from the Emperor's secret fortress. Clone soldiers. As Thrawn mounts his final siege, Han and Chewbacca struggle to form a coalition of smugglers for a last-ditch attack against the Empire, while Leia holds the Alliance together and prepares for the birth of her Jedi twins. She didn't have the twins yet! And yeah, Han Solo contacts old bounty or old smugglers that he used to run with to help him because they have a lot of pull and a lot of mechanics that can help rebuild, repair, and do all this other stuff that they're going to need for this battle. And it took a lot of persuading and negotiations with the Republic to get this to happen. Um, I remember that was one of the great things. You could say this drags on with a lot of commentary, but it's actually worth reading because it's like you're watching the movie. It's like George wrote this because of the commentary. You see, the prequels were boring because of all the commentary and a little action. It's about family. It's about the story. It's not about action, boom, box office blockbuster. Um, against the uh, blah, 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 blah. Overwhelmed by the ships and clones at Thrawn's command, the Republic has one last hope, sending a small force led by Luke Skywalker into the very stronghold that houses Thrawn's terrible cloning machines. There, a final danger awaits as the Dark Jedi Sauboth directs the battle against the rebels and builds his strength to finish what he had already started, the destruction of Luke Skywalker. So he thinks he's going to destroy Luke Skywalker and his besiege him. So Jerus is a little bit naive and shrouded by the evil and the power. Almost like when you wear the ring in Lord of the Rings, you get you go crazy and your 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 judgment is clouded. Hit Jerus was naive and his cloud his judgment was clouded. So Thrawn would just say, you know, do this, do this. And he's like, I am the master. And Thrawn would just say, okay, yes, you are. You're the master. Whatever you want to say, whatever, I'll say whatever you want to know, just to do what I need you to do. So Drus was just a pawn in Thrawn's game. So in the end, Drus gets killed by his own greed and blindness because he's an old bat. And Thrawn dies in an explosion. And the remnants of that lead into the next trilogy. Uh, I don't know if it was Timothy Zahn that wrote that. I think it was. Don't quote me on that. Um, that lead into the aftermath of what Thrawn left behind, which needed a lot of cleaning up. 
So yeah, there's that. And then eventually Marijad falls for Luke because she never really wanted to hear him as much as they would argue. She ended up getting close to him because she keeps talking about, oh, how high and mighty Vader was. And eventually the more she hangs out with Luke, you know, the influence of Luke and his young, handsome ways, you know, swayed by, by him on her and rubbing off and rubbing off. Yeah. Anyway, you have a thing for redheads. There you go. Marijade. I keep saying Marijade. So forgive me. It's been said two different ways. It's Marijade. So yeah. That is the Thrawn Trilogy. Oh, I never showed you guys. I do have Baka Dice. You know, Han Solo's Baka Dice. You know, these are hard to get. These are custom. I got them off Amazon. If anybody wants the link to these, send me a comment. Um, good luck getting yours from uh, Galaxy's Edge or wherever they sell them in the Star Wars area in Disney World. Apparently, they're really hard to get. But I have mine hanging over the rear view mirror. Uh, cliche right in my, uh, Hyundai Elantra. Oh, it's my cockpit. You know what I mean? Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and, uh, The Last Command. I was captivated by this. I, I read a little bit of the first book, but then I started reading the audiobook because the guy who does the voices for those could do the character's voices so well that it was dragging me into it. I felt like I was really listening to Luke, C-3PO, Lando, and Han. Uh, Han goes a little deeper in that, but he did a great job. Uh, let me actually see who does that. He's done other Star Wars novelizations as well. Mark Thompson. If you know who Mark Thompson is, he does a lot of audiobooks for Star Wars. He's a great... I'm surprised he wasn't in, in any of the video games to do Luke. Or something. I know the guy, fun fact, if anybody remembers back in the day, Chad Vader on YouTube, where Darth Vader works in a grocery store. It was like a YouTube series. Um, The guy who does that voice, uh, Chad Vader, and the guy who plays Palpatine, so Matt Sloan did the voice of uh, Chad Vader, day shift manager. He played the voice, he ended up playing the voice of Vader again in the video games for the force unleashed and the battlefront series and maybe some other stuff, Matt Smith, not Matt Smith. Uh, <laughs> let me see the guy who plays the voice of Palpatine in, um, force unleashed and, uh, the battlefront series for the PS4 also played the voice of Palpatine in the animated series, I believe. I know uh, the original actor of Palpatine played the voice once or twice. Sam Witwer, he he played, he started playing the voice of Palpatine, and uh, Matt Sloan did the voice of Vader. They started at the same time on The Force Unleashed, and then they went off into the Battlefront games. So that's great. Um, I wonder where, where Matt Sloan is now and Sam Witwer. I know he's still doing Star Wars work. I don't know if Matt Sloan is, because he designed that Star Wars voice for, I mean, the Darth Vader voice for Chad Vader. And I think they really liked that because they could see he could do it well. Anyway, um, I highly recommend get your copy, digital, physical. I'm a physical guy. I like the, these are the original releases from the 90s. Um, you can tell. It smells, it smells, that's that library smell too. 
uh, these are worth it. Buy it. I got these cheap used Amazon. You can I buy DVDs and books used on Amazon as long as they're in readable good condition. For the DVDs, I have a higher standard. So yeah, um, get reading. The galaxy expands forever. What do you got to lose? Well, you I mean you don't live forever, so you might want to read these now. Other than that, I hope you all enjoyed this podcast on the true. Star Wars sequel trilogy. These are the real trilogy, in my opinion. Um, Luke not ge- getting killed. Oh, I never continued my rant about the leaked script for the sequel trilogy plot. It's where Luke has that Jedi temple where he's doing the Jedi Academy, and he's going off in the vast ends of the galaxy to find out about many chlorians, which is the Force. So I thought that would have been interesting. Um, that script's hard to find. I used to have a Star Wars fan page on Facebook that I created in 2012, and it got taken down like one or two years before its 10th anniversary because, you know, I uploaded the Shakespeare Star Wars book BDF. Stupid me. But the second time I created the, the account, it got deleted anyway, and I didn't even upload anything illegal. I had thousands, over 2,000 pieces of photos, random photos, book art. Oh, I do need to share um, Ralph McQuarrie, the original uh, Star Wars art guy who did the art concept. It was awesome. I need to share this because his artwork, he also did, uh, let me share it with you. I'm a little sick, by the way. Uh, I, I blow my nose many times, but somehow there's mucus still up there, so don't give me shit. All right, here we go. So, Rob McQuarrie, he did this. Like, he got this awesome, like, Empire Strikes Back thing. Like, uh, rest in peace. And this was what the original cast of Star Wars was going to look like. You had Luke, Leia, Caesar vr 2 d 2 Chewbacca. And eventually, for Rebels, they made this character. I think it was Rebels, or it's Clone Wars. Oh, this is the original one. But eventually they made that character. I don't know why it's uh, pixeled. Um, So many great things. And eventually we saw this spider in um, Mandalorian Season 2 where he's flying through the ice. So a lot of stuff Ralph McQuarrie designed ended up being in the Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 games for background landscape concept and in The Mandalorian. Where's the one? If anybody remembers those two sleeper movies, TV-made movies, Ewoks, Caravan of Courage, and Ewoks Battle for Indoor, which took place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That is canon. I own the DVDs, which were freaking expensive. He also did a couple of the designs for the... Uh, the... Uh, what was that monster called? Um, The Zorax. Thorax, I think. Oh, Lorax. I think it's Lorax. This big thing, if you've ever seen Caravan of Courage, I think it was Caravan of Courage. Where's Battle for Indoor? I forgot. But yeah, they eventually used this. uh, Well, they did use it. This was for that TV main movie. But uh, Lorax? No, Lorax is Dr. Seuss. Ah. 
whatever. Anyway, that and uh, Timothy Zahn. Look at the artwork. The artwork for these is great. Um, Timothy Zahn. Ron. Trilogy artwork. I know you can find wallpapers without the titles and all that on there. Um, uh, this is the uh, second trilogy. This is this is the pre prequels to the Thrawn trilogy. So it's um, Thrawn, Treason, Alliance, and Thrawn. So the first one called Thrawn, Alliance, and Treason. So when, when he becomes an alliance with Darth Vader, and then he goes against the Emperor because he wants to do his own thing and be all-powerful. You know how greed is. So I definitely recommend checking these out. Um, those are prequels to Thrawn, because Thrawn is one of his most best-selling characters he ever created. That, Of course, he discussed back and forth things with um, George to get this book to where it needed to be. Um, what was I looking for? Oh, yeah, artwork. So uh, I think the artwork's great. And this is... Oh, that's the updated. Yeah, boo. So Hand of Thrawn. And of Thrawn. I don't think he wrote those. So, yeah. Oh, it was a two-parter. Sorry. I thought there were three. You have Visions of the Future, book two. It's Timothy's on. Oh, Timothy's on to do it. See, I have so many books. I can't remember. This is the first one. Uh, Spectre of the Past. And this is a Bothan right there. So, yeah. If you guys... Really want to see more of that. I highly recommend it. Well, that's all I got for you. I am thronged out. Um, I need to go back to the cockpit and make sure we're not going to hit some asteroid or some asteroid space worm thing. You know, you don't want to be sucked in there with Minox again. But yeah, other than that, thank you. I am A-Card. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Spread the word out about our podcast. If you like it, we don't just talk about nerd things. We talk about everything. And you're like, when? We have a lot of stuff I've written down for topics to us to discuss and talk about on our podcast. I promise you. We got a lot of special guests coming up. We got Bex, a punk rocker from the UK. If you don't know who, who she is, B-E-X, uh, punk music. Just look that up. Bex. Um, we got Sean Beard, Beavis and Butthead fame. Uh, collector, I should say. Uh, I'm going to be doing another episode with Max Cook, who does the voice of Chester Cheetah from the Cheetos commercials and a lot of other voice works you guys didn't know about, check out that episode. That was one of the last episodes we did of season one. Um, who else? We're going to be talking about Wizard of Oz, just the books and the history about it. Not some of the movies. Yeah, definitely Return to Oz, one of my favorites. Who else? We got so many more. Austin Powers impersonator, uh, Richard Halpern, uh, world famous, um, uh, uh, Michael Ray Bauer from Salute Your Shorts, Nickelodeon fame, early 90s. Uh, so many more people I've been networking with on Instagram. Most of it's on Instagram. You know, if you got a podcast and you want to talk to these people, most of them will do it for free. But don't be stingy. Offer them a little something. You're taking like an hour or two of their time. Uh, I'm gonna also going to be uh, interviewing somebody from Saturday Night Live. Or Jeff Richards. Trump girl, hi. Uh, he did a great, and then um, 
Bobby Moynihan does the drunk guy, right? They both play drunk people on Weekend Update. Crazy. Anyway, I'm just ragging on here. Um, I'm going to be sharing a QR code at the end of this video. I would love it if you could screenshot it, print it, do what you can, spread the word, post it on your social media, scan it, uh, print it out, post it somewhere in a cafe somewhere. Help us get the word spread out. We got Patreon. We got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We got everything. We're on all streaming uh, platform, uh, podcast streaming services. I can't even speak right right now. I'm trying to, I'm thinking faster than my mouth. But yeah, we really want people to enjoy this. We're not doing this for profit. I mean, that would be great, but we're doing this because we love to talk about this stuff. And honestly, I love to share with people and have a commotion. Let's start a commotion of something we can all enjoy together. Put down the prejudices, put down the politics, just talk about what we all love mutually. Like the good old days of being young. But yeah. I am planning a meet and greet. Me and Airflow would love to meet the people who love to listen to us. If you're in the Portland, Oregon area, we will be discussing this after Christmas, a meet and greet, maybe before Christmas. It's probably going to be after because right now it's November when I'm recording this. So it's going to be a little bit busy for the Thanksgiving month and the Christmas month. Hey, Christmas. You know, you're going to see Mariah coming out of the ocean right now. Um, if you don't know that reference, look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. She parodied herself. Um, yeah, I would love to have a meet and greet and meet you guys. Other than that, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good afternoon, wherever you are. And whatever time it is, in any time or part of the world, may the force be with you. And keep arguably. Awesome. You know, I have Don Cheadle's sunglasses. I have his Persaults. He left them in a cafe once. <laughs> he was eating alone. And I love Don Cheadle. So I grabbed the glasses and I'm chasing Don Cheadle down the street. Mr. Oh. Cheadle! Mr. Cheadle! He's not looking back at me. Mr. Cheadle! Mecha like a high, make a hiney hiney ho. Ooh, hello. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Whether you're promoting products, have something you want to say to the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show. Mm. Podcasting is fun, cheap, and an easy way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all major podcast directories within minutes of wrapping up recording, and it even includes a website, analytics, promotion tools, and custom audio players, and more. Once you've uploaded to Buzzsprout, you can track your stats across directories like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so on. All you need to get started is a quiet space, a pair of headphones, and some of those ASMR speaking tones. You know, sometimes that the coast really gets turned on when they hear it. <laughs> That's right. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. 
Following the link in the description or show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. It gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, which also helps support our show and many others. Get out there and start creating.